You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. Today's message is one that I want you to know I am not stepping on your toes. This is not directed to you. This is directed at me. Uh, John Wesley, who was the guy who helped start Methodist faith, he said, uh, preach faith until you have it. And sometimes, biblically, you have to preach some truth until you begin to live it. And so I am like, this is one where I want to grow and I want to learn, and so I'm excited about it. But we talked about this last week. You guys remember the title of this is No Longer Slaves, Not No Longer Slave. And we say that because we are bound together as one body. As a matter of fact, in, in 1 Corinthians, Paul makes this statement, 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For just as the body is one, and yet has many parts, all the parts of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. We were all made to drink of one spirit. And then you skip down in that to verse 26. He says, and if one part of the body suffers, all parts suffer. If one part is honored, all parts rejoice with it. Guys, we belong to each other. And we depend on one another. And, and our freedom is interconnected to each other. Now salvation, that is between you and Jesus. And you, if you gave your life, you were right with Jesus. But we need the body to remain free. We need each other to experience the fullness of the life that God wants us to have in this world. That's why in John 17, when Jesus prayed to God, when Jesus is talking to the Father before he goes to the cross, he makes this amazing request. He says, God, I pray that they would be one even as you and I are one. You hear that? That, that we would actually have the same unity that God has with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that we would be bound together in some deep, mysterious, and unique way. Where, yes, you may be free, and you are free. That If the Son of Man has set you free, you're free indeed. And we were all free the day that grave was empty, right? We were free. But we're not free until we're all free. Because we belong to each other. And when we begin to see life this way, it changes the way we interact. I had a, a friend of mine... And, and many of us fasted Monday. Oh, I, I got to tell you all a cool story. So on Monday, I went into Larry's Pizza. And I was picking up pizzas because I was going to break fast with my 18 to 25 group, which pizza is probably the worst possible thing you could break fast with, but it's what I was getting anyway. And so I go in there, and there a girl is working at, at the pizza place, and she's probably 15 or 16. And apparently at Sheridan High School, you can just like go to school for a little while and then go to work. Are y'all familiar with this? Uh, I didn't know about this. I mean, I, many of us are familiar with work release, but this is different. This, this, is, this is a little different. But so this, this 15-year-old girl is in there, and she's working at the pizza place. She's been there for a few hours, and she says, man, Tommy, I am so hungry. And I said, why? And she said, well, we're all fasting, aren't we? 15-year-old girl. Amen. Yes. I was like, man. And she may be 17. I don't know. Matt did my thing, but she was young, okay? And I was like, how beautiful that this girl is fasting with all of us. But this girl, a buddy of mine who, who goes to church, she, she was doing her fast on Monday, and, and she texts me and she says, Tommy, I'm struggling with the fast. And I was struggling too. Around 3 p.m., I became what's, what's classically known as hangry, right? And so I was struggling. And so she texts me and says, I'm struggling. And I texted her back and said, then fast for me, and I'll fast for you. That mindset changes everything, doesn't it? Don't fast for you. Fast for me. Fast as though my fast is dependent on your fast. 
And that mindset, that look, that, that reality changes the way we think. It teaches us to rise above this self-centered thing that we're raised with and to begin to see other people and begin to believe that your freedom and my freedom, they're connected. And so Paul, I believe, he has this concept in mind when he writes 1 Corinthians 6, 12, where he says, all things are permitted for me, but not all things are of benefit. All things are permitted for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Paul didn't want to be mastered by anything, but not just for Paul. Paul knew it was for the good of the body. And Paul knew what I believe we know is that when chains break on me, chains break on you. And when chains break on you, chains break on me. And when you get stronger, we get stronger. And so Paul is saying, we must not be slaves. I will be a slave to nothing, but not just because of me. I will be a slave because of you. I'll be a slave to nothing so that you might be free. So that's why we're saying no longer slaves instead of no longer a slave. And then we saw in the story of the Exodus where Jesus, he, he takes this nation out of captivity, this nation of Israel, and he brings them out of Egypt. And he says to the whole nation, not just to one, he says, you shall have no other gods before you. As a nation, I want you to pursue me and honor me and seek me. And this is the concept of the Bible, that we must remain free, that we must do whatever it takes, not just for myself, but for the good of the body. And last week we, we dealt with one of the things that, that I believe, and I think many of you believe, comes against us so often, and that's self. Self was, was the big thing that we saw last week that was enslaving us. And this week we're going to another one. And this is one that I believe so many of us have become a slave to. And this is one where I need to grow, and I'm willing to bet some of you need to grow. And so here it is. This week we're going after number two, and number two is this misplaced passions. If you've known me for any length of time, you know this is a subject that I am passionate about. Misplaced, yeah, thank you, misplaced passion. And I think we can break misplaced passion down into two sort of boxes today where we're going to go. And the first box is too much passion about things that don't really matter. Or maybe I'll phrase it like this, because maybe they do matter. But the things that should be your secondary passions have become your primary passions. And so we'll address that. The other one is this. And this is the one, man, where I struggle so bad. We practice living passionless for so long that we actually become apathetic to the things of this world. We're so distracted by busy, by nonsense, by things that don't matter, we actually lose the ability to care about the things that do. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah. And so we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to hit this one backwards, and so we're going to start with the second one first because this is the one where I feel like I need the most work. All right, there's the C.S. Lewis book, and it's called Screwtape Letters. If you've never read it, I highly encourage it. But the Screwtape Letters are, are, is this book where one demon is writing to like an apprentice demon, okay? And he's showing this apprentice demon how to lure people like me and you away from God. And what he basically says is you can't just like go up to a, a Christian and say, hey, there is no God, follow me. You can't do that because that's too obvious. What you have to do is distract them. Just tweak, 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 chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. And he writes a letter to his demon apprentice right here. And I, I want to read you guys an excerpt for this. And this is a little long, and even it's a little heady, but you guys can handle it, I'm confident. So it says this. As this condition, busyness, becomes more fully established, you will find that anything or nothing is sufficient to attract his wondering attention. 
You no longer need a good book, which he really likes to keep him from his prayers or his work or his sleep. A column of advertisements in yesterday's paper will do. You can make him waste his time not only in conversation he enjoys with people whom he likes, but in conversations with those he cares nothing about on subjects that bore him. You can make him do nothing at all for long periods. You can keep him up late at night, not roistering, but staring at a dead fire in a cold room. All the healthy and outgoing activities which we want him to avoid can be inhibited and nothing given in return, so that at last he may say, as one of my own patients said upon his arrival down here, I now see that I spent most of my life doing neither what I ought or what I liked. Gosh, so convicting to me. It's like we spend most of our lives or good portions of our lives just in uselessness. When I think about, I spend time in conversations that I don't even care about, like with, with people that I'm not really like close to. You know what I think about? How much time we spend scrolling Facebook, looking at conversations that I don't really care about from people that, no offense, I'm not really friends with. If I hadn't seen you in like 43 years, we're not close. I do not require commentary from you on my doings, nor should I comment on your doings. We're not in relationship, but how many hours have I and have you spent numbing our brain to the things of the world, just scrolling, 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 scrolling? I mean, really, how guilty are we of this? Just nonstop mind-numbing. I, I, I read some statistics. This is going to blow y'all's mind, okay? Check this out. Most mobile phone users check their phones 58 times every day. 58 times every day. Here, here's another good one. Americans spend on average 5 hours and 25 minutes on screen time daily. Yeah. How about this one? On average, 26% of Gen Zers. How old is Gen Z? Anybody know? Now we'll just assume it's y'all then. On average, because <laughs> I don't know either, but it's on average, 26% of Gen Zers spend nine hours a day on their phone. Baby boomers spend five hours a day on their phone. So I did a little math. Get ready. Um, it was tricky, I'm going to be honest with you. So let me, let, i got to check my notes here because I'm going to tell you what I did. I took five hours and 25 minutes, okay? And I multiplied it by 365 to see how many hours in a year we spend on our phone. So you with me so far? I think this is legit so far. And the number I came up with was um, 1,916 hours in a year we spend on our phone. Then I divided that by 24 because now I'm trying to figure out how many days we spend on our phone. Listen to this. Listen to this. You ready? 79 days a year staring at our phones. 21% of our time. 79 days a year. And I know you're thinking, well, that's not me. I don't do it. Get up here and let me see your screen time. <laughs> come on. Come on right now. I dare you. I dare you. There's one of you in the room who could probably do it. The rest of us are like, no, please, please don't call me. You've never prayed as hard as you're praying right now. 
I checked mine backstage. Gross. Gross. Gross, 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 gross. 79 days of my life? Scrolling? Looking? Staring? Just blah, blah, whatever? And then I read this verse. 1 Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he might exalt you at the proper time, having cast all your anxiety on him because he cares about you. Be of sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Let me tell you what I've learned about deer hunting. And you know this, many of you who, who hunt. An animal on alert, even if he's on alert about the wrong things, they're pretty hard to kill, aren't they? If you've got a deer and it's feeding like this, They're tough to kill. But if you got one feeding like this, how easy is it to put an arrow in that thing? Right? You could throw an arrow at it. I mean, this is easy. This is what I'm saying. When we, when we become this apathetic, the enemy is prowling. The enemy is prowling. We call it rest. He calls it death. We think we rest on our phone when we have access to the king of the universe who says, cast your burdens on me. I will give you rest for your soul. But we can't find rest there because I got to get my rest in about a four-second soundbiter. I'm going to keep moving. Right? And then, and then he says, cast your anxiety, like your anxiety. It says your anxiety, having cast all anxiety. Here's what I've learned about my time with social media. It creates anxiety in me. It creates anxiety in me. When, when I'm on a week like this, where, where my mind has just been racing, like to sit on social media and to absorb all the woes of the world actually makes me more anxious. And then I turn on the news, and, and good Lord, man, it's just like I'm, I'm overwhelmed and I can't escape. And there's no rest, and there's no Sabbath, and everywhere I look, it's another story of death or pain. It's just, ah. And it creates an anxiety in me that I can't shake. And then it creates a numbness. Because now I'm just seeing so much pain, I no longer really care about pain. And if I don't like your pain, I'll just unfollow you. I've trained myself to be passionless. I'm for brain breaks, guys. If you know me, you know this. I am for light conversation. Uh, one of my mottos in life is not everything is something. I believe that. I'm for light. But 21% of my time is not a break. That's a part-time job. I'm training myself to have no passion in areas where passion is needed. All right, that's the first one. Now let's deal with the second one. The second one is... is Things have become my primary passion that should have been secondary or third at best. Tertiary. Is that what third? Second, tertiary. That's good. Secondary or tertiary. Um, and I think this one will resonate with some of you. I did a podcast the other day. And I, I simply, and I know you're all like, oh, we all heard it. But you didn't. I did a podcast the other day and I talked about this. And what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to make some statements, okay? Just some arbitrary statements. And I want you to measure your heart rate as I make these statements. I want you to measure your passionate engagement. 
I want you to measure your desire to say, well, hold on. Or your desire to say, amen. Or your desire to say, heck no, or whatever, right? All I'm going to do is make some truth statements. And I want you to, matter of fact, everyone just do this. Like, y'all notice there's actually nothing here? I don't feel any. But, like, me measure your heart rate. And, and then I'm going to make some other statements. We're going to look on. So let, let me just, we'll see. All right, y'all ready? Just making some statements. And you measure what's going on inside of you. So nervous. The governor has a lectern that costs $19,000. Israel is at war with Hamas. The Razorbacks are coached by Sam Pittman. Can you feel something happening inside of you, anyone? Gender is a big topic in the world today. Here's one. There's a lot of debate around gun laws. Joe Biden is our president. Careful. Careful. The laws around abortion have changed. Okay. Okay, now, now imagine you're just sitting in a car by yourself or you're just in a place where you can really measure what's going on in your heart. Did some of those statements draw out a little passion from you in some way? Were there things that, that you, ah, yeah, or, you know, whatever? Now, now let me make another series of statements, and let's just, let's see what happens. Christ has died. Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. I am called to love you in the way he has loved me. We are to seek supernatural unity with each other. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I must decrease so that we may increase. Okay, if, if we're honest... Which set of statements actually tickled your fancy? If, if, if we're honest, which set of statements actually begin to do something in you where you could feel yourself wanting? I mean, some of you are like, yeah, keep preach on that. Or no, no, don't, don't talk about that. Oh, no. Or we can't go or whatever. Which set, did some passion arise in you? Because here's what I believe about some of us. About some of us, and I think we have to see this in our hearts. Some of us would get far more passionate at a political rally than we do in church. I know the things I could say to get some of you who have never raised your hand before to raise your hand. I know the things I could say who, to get some of you who have never smiled to smile. I know the things I could say to get some of you who have never left before to leave. <laughs> right? I know. I know. I know. But are we as passionate about each other and the body of Christ as we are these other things? And if not, then check your heart. Don't tell me, you know, I'm passionate about this, but I got a good heart. I don't have an arteriogram. I'm not carrying that around. The only way anyone can know your heart is by what's going on in your life. And are your activities and your passions, do they line up with what you say is in your heart? You go to a Razorback game and people are painted, you know, their like faces half white and half red or whatever, right? You don't go, man, I wonder if he's a Razorback fan in his heart. You say, that dude is like that band on the Titanic, right? That's dedication. He's going down the ship. But you know it. Is what's in your heart evident by the way you live? It's so easy for our passions to become misplaced. 
And maybe you're thinking, I'll be passionate about whatever I want. Okay. 1 Corinthians 6, 12 says, all things are permitted, but not all things are of my benefit. And you must stop thinking of yourself as an individual and start thinking as a collective. We don't have the freedom to elevate primary passions over what should be number one. Because if this side of the room, if you guys are passionate, like your highest priority is to go that way. And you guys, your highest priority in the world is like, you're going that way. There is no way we're going together. And can you imagine a body, what that does if every appendage is super passionate about something different? There is no unity in that. There can be no unity in that. That's why we must unite around what we were created to be united around, and that is the body of Christ. This must become our primary passion. This must be elevated above all else in our mind. And when we all do this, we will all be free. And so let's do this. Let's work through some practical things to help elevate what should be to where it is, to where it needs to be. Um, let, let me read this first. Ephesians 5.15. This sets the stage for that. So then be careful how you walk, not as the wise, but as, not as the unwise, but as wise. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of God is. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your time. Again, that doesn't mean don't break. It doesn't mean don't ever watch anything silly. It doesn't mean, yes, have light conversations with wonderful people. Yes, but make the most of your time. All right, so let, let's get practical about this. Number one, here's what we do. We take a selfie. Y'all didn't see this coming. <laughs> Examine where you are in this. A minute ago when I, when I mentioned those phrases, get honest about what, what happened in your heart. Get honest about where, where did you feel like something. And I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't be passionate about those things. I'm just saying they cannot be your primary passion. So get honest about, about what, what these things are doing. And then actually check the screen time on your phone. You can go to the settings. It's super easy. You go to settings. Matter of fact, I'm about to do mine right now. You go to screen time. Oh, today is fantastic. I'm down 77% from last week. I've been here the whole time, but... But you can see it right there. So go uh, check that out and get an honest assessment of how much time you're wasting. Second thing is this. Share it with someone. Tell someone what's going on. Tell someone about how your passions have become misplaced. Tell someone about how you're struggling. Like, are you in a small group? If not, Get in a small group. Talk to Katie and Chris. I know they're not actively doing a Bible study, but we still have groups of people meeting together for the purpose of uplifting the body and edifying one another. Talk to somebody about the struggle you're having. Don't just dismiss it as, oh, it's nothing. It's something. Share it with somebody. Third one is this. Starve it. Starve the selfie. All right, here's, here's what we're going to do. Tomorrow... We are going to do a little something together, and I'm super excited, and I feel like all of you are going to be super stoked about this too. We are going to fast from social media. I feel like somebody just left. They're like, that's it. <laughs> Go back to talking about money. I can't handle this. We're going to fast all. Now, I know, I know you got to do texts for work. I know you got to do um, you know, phone calls, blah, blah, blah. I get that. No social media at all, which is going to change a lot of our wake-up routines going to change a lot of our bedtime routines. Bathroom breaks just got exponentially quicker. <laughs> Productivity just shot up, right? 
But here's the other thing. Let's take a television fast, too. Let's fast from the news one day. I need it. I need my anxiety to settle a little bit. Perhaps you do, too. Let's fast from television for one day. We know what's going on in the world. It'll still be going on when we come back. And every time you have the urge to scroll mindlessly or to turn it on, I want you to pray for the body. Don't fast for you. Fast for me. And I'll fast for you. And we'll fast for each other. And we'll fast that the body becomes united as we take a moment to step away from the mind-numbing that we do on a daily basis. And here's the other thing I would invite you to do for for the whole week. When you're eating lunch or dinner, take your cell phones off the table completely. I know this seems so obvious, but like I even lament of what I've allowed my daughter to do with hers. Like, I, I, I'm so wrong. Take t- no cell phones. And if you're not having dinner, sit down and have dinner, man. It's okay. You got time. Make time. Sit down together, if, you, if, if possible, with no cell phones, just to create a time where you hear each other and where you speak to one another. And some of you are wonderful at this, I know, but some of us, we need this. And fourth one is this. Strike a new pose. No more duck face selfies. We're done with those. What we're going to do is take all thoughts captive for the glory of God. As we, as we evaluate and as we share and as we fast, we're going to ask God to actually change the desires of our heart. To change the desires of our heart. That instead of thinking I'm going to find my rest in numbing my brain, I'll begin to believe I will actually find rest when I hand my brain to the king of the universe. Then in meditation, silence before the king. And being outside, being outside that I might find my rest there. Enrich conversation with people I actually value and love. Instead of mind-numbing conversation with someone I went to kindergarten with, I scroll on Facebook. Enrich conversation with loved people. We will, God will actually do a work to change the way we think and feel. God can rewire your brain. You know how I know? The same way you know. Because he's rewired my brain in a lot of areas. And so together, we will move. Together, we will recall what really matters. Together, we will grow. Together, we will be transformed. And together, we will take another step towards freedom. It's not no longer slaves. It's not no longer a slave. It's no longer slaves. All of us together, moving in one direction. Passionate about the things that matter. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.